Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The name's Hatch. David Hatch. Managing Director Radio, IC Drama and Variety Shows. Known for short as Mandy, R-I-C, D-A-Vs. <laughs> My story begins one dark and stormy night in a small country vicarage. Congratulations, Mrs. Hatch. It's a BBC executive. <laughs> Oh, dear, I was hoping for a boy. <laughs> Seventy-five years later, I was on my way to success. Fame and fortune beckoned, but I stayed at the BBC. It's tough at the top, and it's a little bit bendy in the middle. <laughs> but I don't complain. In fact, in fact, I never complained until that fateful day, only a few short weeks ago, when I realised that BBC Radio was facing the greatest crisis in its long history. Only drastic action could avert the catastrophe that loomed. And the action I was forced to take was so drastic that the entire nation trembled as it heard once more that dreadful sound that it had hoped never to hear again. Lord love us, it's I'm sorry I'll read that again, again. With the voices and what's left of the bodies of... <laughs> John Cleese, Bill Oddy, Tim Brooke Taylor, David Hatch, Graham Garden and Joe Kendall. With the music of Dave Lee and the boys. Boys. <laughs> and here once more for the penultimate time is John Otto Cleese to say... It's I'm sorry I'll read that again. Again! <laughs> Sorry, I do beg your pardon. Uh, let me begin at the beginning. It all started with an emergency meeting of the BBC Board of Governors. They were practising links for Terry and June. 
The Director General banged his gavel on the table. Oh, me gavel! <laughs> yes, nothing's changed in the last 25 years. you governors, a catastrophe is looming over the BBC. There's a threat to the Dusty Bunny Club? No, no, no. Surely you know what the BBC stands for? Not much. Well, that's true, but it means the British Broadcasting Corporation. Broadcasting? No, sorry. No, you've lost me there. What's he going on? Don't you chappies ever watch the wireless? Certainly not. Nasty, modern, noisy, long-haired wireless. In our day, wireless meant exactly what it said. No wires. No transistors. Nothing, just an empty box. Yep, you could listen to it for hours, sitting by the fireside. Twiddling your knobs. Couldn't, couldn't hear a thing. Because you went deaf. Um, Sure it was. Those were the days. You could get a little peace. And quiet. Who knows she wasn't. (laughs) In the war, you could pick up Winston Churchill. With one hand. The situation is grave. We are faced with a wireless crisis. I'm afraid there is. And only one man can save the day. You said for me? Ah, come in, Mandy. Take a seat. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Bring it back. Sit down. On the chair. Now then, Mandy, our organization is in serious trouble. You mean the government's plan to privatise the BBC? No, 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 it's just a wild, irresponsible, nonsensical rumour put about by the government. So don't worry about that. Anyway, you've put in a bid for your shares, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. No yeah. problem there, then. No, no, listen, this is serious. It appears that every single one of our programmes is a danger to the ecology. And if that news gets out, we'll have the friends of the earth down on our heads like a ton of muesli. But it's too late. It was on the news this morning. Ah, this is appalling. You mean to tell me the BBC's putting out news programmes? Well, yes, we've been broadcasting the news for weeks. Ah, I'll say this about being DG. You live and learn. (laughs) They ran that story on yesterday's Today programme. Switch on now. We can catch the repeat. This is the Today programme with Peter Hobgoblin. And Valerie Single Person Watch Rumours. Um, <laughs> and Brian Redhead is up in Blackpool. Speculation is rife that the government plans to sell off the BBC to private investors. I went along to put this to the Home Secretary and I took my tape recorder with me. What happened? He gave me ten quid for it. <laughs> This is Brian Redhead in Blackpool, where I'll be covering the Tory party conference in a very silly voice. And over in Buxton, the SLD party conference will be covered by Cyril Smith. Meanwhile, in Milton Keynes, the Green Party Conference has been receiving a grim warning from Friends of Earth spokesperson, Jonathan Porridge. <coughs> <coughs> Hello, Greens. Yes, 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 I have grave news. Oh, oh dear. dear. It has recently become clear... Go on. ...that the greatest single threat, in fact, the only single threat to the environment... Yes. ...is... 
Yes, yes, yes. BBC Radio. Leave it up, Jonathan. Never know it's true. Well, stone us. Take the ozone layer. Thank you. We used to blame the destruction of the ozone layer on those chlorofluoro Robson Reader's Digest coupons. <laughs> didn't we? CFC. CFC. But we were wrong. The fact is, the ozone layer is being wiped out by the Derek Jameson Show. <laughs> oh, yes. Listen to this. Morning, morning. <laughs> Do they mean us? They surely do. Ha, 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 ha. Yep. That's right. Every time he opens his big gob, he blows a ruddy great hole in the stratosphere. And... What about the rainforest? What about them? Well, 1,000 trees are being felled every day to provide spare heads for Radio 1 DJs. Hi there, this is Simon Bates. Oh, yes, I know it will come as a terrible shock to the Simon Bates fan club, which consists of three woodpeckers and a lumberjack. But it is true, and there is worse. Mercy, mercy. Mass slaughter of whales for their blubber to pad out the archer scripts. And to provide grease for David Jacobs' hair. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Atmospheric pollution by the lead from Steve Wright's jokes. Oh. And now, is this the kind of world we want to live in? Yes. No. No, 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 no. The world we want to live in is a place where all creatures can live in peace and in harmony. Now, some would call it paradise. Some would call it utopia. But I would call it a cue for a song. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sing us a song, Jonathan. No, no. Too late, too late. <laughs> Early every morning I throw my bedroom window high And let the good clean air refresh my room With welly boots upon my feet I tiptoe through my garden suite And watch the sun come peeping through the gloom I can't see, I can't see Turn the lights on and I saw away sun voice See the blind nocturnal mole Shyly leap back in his hole And listen to the goldfish sweetly sing. A centipede goes tripping by. And look, there goes a butterfly. And hark the birds are warbling on the wing. On the wing! Little flowers shake the dew drops from the hair. And new green shoots are pushing through the clay. I hear them take a good deep breath of morning air. As I listen to the breaking of the day. Fine new morning, can't you hear the flowers yawning? There's no more snow, oh, 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 it's spring, spring, spring. All the birdies are tweet-tweeting, up above the sun is beating. 
Joe, sing with me, though. It's spring, spring, spring. All the little crows are crowing. You can hear them in the meadow every day. All the friendly farmers going to see them on their way. All the bluebells are all ringing. And the bumblebees are stinging. Everyone can tell, oh, well, 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 it's spring, spring, spring. There's a vulture on my shoulder, and he says that I look colder. And the hyena goes, spring, spring, spring. Little girls are growing pimples, little boys are growing dimples. And the cockatoo says, to you it's spring, spring, spring. In the meadow, Joy is waiting. She's ready there for every little boy. You can hear them celebrating as they feel the springs of joy. Ah, get off. All the little lambs are bleating. They will soon be ripe for eating. So fill your tongue, sing yum, yum, yum. It's spring, spring, spring. Yes, it's spring. Thank you. And there's a new love. It will come to you if only you can wait. I can't wait. I'm sorry. Oh, I can hear the one that you love down by the old farm gate. Ba 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 ba. <laughs> yes, John. What was that? A five-bar gate. A five-bar. round tune is busting, and the little boys are lusting. Director General, Director General, I can see your problem. Well, I, I, I dressed it rather a hurry. <laughs> I meant, I meant the threat to the environment. What are you going to do? Ah, we're, we're going to broadcast nothing but recycled programmes. That's brilliant. That's terrific. Oh, well done, oh, of course, of course. No, That's terrific. No, don't forget, I, I was the man who discovered Jimmy Young. They can't call me out of touch. You're, You're out, out of touch. touch. Oh, I was wrong about that too. <laughs> Recycled program. Finally sunk in, has it? Good. Now, here's what I want you to do. But I can't play the piano. <laughs> in, in that case, get back to your office straight away, take all the current BBC programs off the air and dump them. So my mission is to fill the airwaves with healthy, energy-saving, environment-friendly recycled programmes. OK? Just leave it to me. Taxi! All right, where to, Gov? Just get me out of this boardroom. Oh, I'm on my way home. Which way are you going? Back to my office. Glasgow any good? Near enough. Right-o. There wasn't a moment to lose. Within weeks, I was back in my office where my faithful secretary, Miss Givings, was waiting for me. <laughs> Miss Givings, there isn't a moment to lose. Right. Put them back on. But it's Tuesday. Nevertheless, in order to save the world, we're going to have to recycle old radio programmes. What, again? Get me the dynamic new head of radio comedy. He's already here. Arnold Totteridge. Ah. Oh, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, I'm the dynamic new, do you, do you, do you, dynamic new head of 
radio, Diodo. I'm the dynamic new head of... A new head of radio, the old head of dynamic. Um, what, what was I trying to say? You're trying to say I'm head of radio comedy. So am I. Oh. <laughs> right. Now, I want to recycle a load of tired old jokes and clapped out routines. But where am I going to find them? Oh, don't ask me. You're head of radio comedy. Oh, no, oh, no wait. I've got it. It's easy, the answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm read that. Easy. It's easy. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, so- I'm sorry. What was the question? Of course. <laughs> anyway, that's it. We'll recycle the Clitheroe kit. And call it the Crankies. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brilliant. The Clitheroe. I'm sorry. I'll read that again. What did you say? Oh, that's going back a bit. I said, uh, how do you do, do you, do, do you, do I'm the dynamic new, do you, do I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not boring you, am I? I'm sorry, I'll read that again. That's what we'll recycle. You mean the old team working together? Well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> now... What were the names of those two bods who wrote all the scripts? Mm, Bill Garden and Graham Oddy. I'll get on to them right away. It wasn't easy to track down the writers, mainly because they'd changed their names to Graham Garden and Bill Oddy. <laughs> but eventually I traced them to London's Dockland in a block of yuppie flats which had recently been converted into a disused warehouse. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mandy. You probably remember me better as old Kipperfeet. Oh, good Lord, it's boring old Hatch. What can we do for you, Mandy? Well, look, I'm looking for a load of pathetic old gags, feeble puns, stupid voices, appalling songs, so naturally I've come to you. You're still writers, aren't you? I I should say so. Are you sure? Yes. Look, look, here's something I wrote this morning. It's a prescription. Quite a funny one. <laughs> you're obviously not writers. You're a doctor and a bird watcher. Oh, no, 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 no. Give us a break, Mandy. All we have to do is to dig up an old, I'm sorry, I'll read that again script. Yes, then cut out all the jokes that are rude or offensive or bad taste or out of date or unfunny. And then stick them all together to make a show. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And I'll get the original cast together. What? The three of us and. Joe Kendall? Oh, you'll never get her. Uh, you know, her co- what? No, you know. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, no. You... Turning into somebody, but I don't know. Hope it's somebody funny. Oh, you'll never get her. You know... Her career has really taken off ever since she changed her name. What to? Meryl Streep. <laughs> well, she'll do it as soon as she hears she'll be working with John Cleese. <gasps> John Cleese! At that very moment, squillionaire recluse John Otto Cleese <laughs> was orbiting the Earth aboard his customised space shuttle, the Ferret One. <laughs> 
The aging, crazed, eccentric, cutter, sorry figure, encased in empty Kleenex boxes and latex rubber sheeting because of his neurotic obsession with not being mistaken for Basil Fawlty. <laughs> his long grey beard hung down to his knees, looped up behind his back and swirled round the top of his head in a bouffant quiff. Held in place with blue tack to conceal the ravages of a failed, rather pathetic hair transplant. <laughs> Weak from the exertion of counting his money, he roamed the lonely corridors of the shuttle in search of his faithful manservant, navigator, chef, charperson, and psychiatrist, Robin. Robin, open the airlock. What, what are you doing in there? <laughs> yes, on second thoughts, don't open the airlock. <laughs> right, I'm finished now, sir. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I haven't finished. Oh, sir, I've had an urgent message from the BBC. I've told them I'm not buying. No, they want to employ you, sir, apparently, on a radio program. <laughs> <laughs> me work on radio. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh too, sir. What shall I tell them then? Uh, t tell them I'll do it. Yes, sir. you what? I'll do it, but on two conditions. What are they, sir? One, they let me do a silly walk. Two, I can sing the Fedex song. Oh. No, 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 no. They'll never agree to that, sir. Well, please ask them, Robin. Please, please, please let me do the silly walk. Please. Do you know what it's been like all these years not being allowed to do the comedy legs? In Silverado, they wouldn't even let me hop. The part of the sheriff was crying out for it. But no, they said, they, would, they wouldn't even let the horse do it. And the ferret song was cut to, my God, Robin, even in my own movie, they held me back. You know, it was going to be a ferret called Wanda. But no. Oh, no. No, no, Mr. Smartass, Kevin Clock, my Oscar Klein bastard said, let's make it a fish. A fish. No, I, I protested. I protest. Shut up. I protested. But Michael Two-Face killed my dog's palin, said a fish. Brilliant. Bloody palin. Eighty days, more like eighty years. Chip up his nose and he's anybody's. I mean, a fish can't do a silly walk, can it? Not like a ferret. I mean, can't it? Hello? Hello? <laughs> down to the BBC, come back again. Um, apparently, they've agreed to your conditions. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The recording is booked for next Sunday. Oh, I can't wait. The silly walk. The ferret song. Ah, but there's a catch. They want you to do a John and Mary sketch. <laughs> Who with? Meryl Streep. Who? <laughs> John, is that you? I'm in the bedroom. Eleanor, darling. Eleanor? John, it's me. Mary, your wife. Oh, I'm so sorry, darling. I, I forgot who you were. <laughs> you can't have forgotten. You only went out to buy a paper. Well, whopping's a long way, Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor, Eleanor, Eleanor. That's all I ever hear. Eleanor this, Eleanor that, Eleanor the other. Oh, you have found out. <laughs> Waking, sleeping, eating, breathing, Eleanor. She's constantly on your lips. 
You've been spying on us. Anyway, I, I was only practicing mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. You thought she was dead? No, I, I thought you were dead. John. John, John, don't lie to me. You were, you were, you were kissing each other and it... It hurts, John. No, honestly, it doesn't. It's rather nice. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it hurts me, John. Oh, have you been kissing her, too? <laughs> oh, stop it, John. Don't you remember that sweet, simple girl you married? Soft and gentle and innocent, faithful and full of hope, John. Full of trust, full of... Brown ale. <laughs> John... Come through into the other room, won't you? I've got a surprise for you. Not after all these years, you haven't. Oh, why, 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 are we in, why are we in darkness, darling? I, I just thought you'd enjoy a romantic candlelit dinner for two. Oh, good. Who's coming? Where, where, are, you, where are you going, then? Uh, John! It's for us. You and me. The two of us. It's our 25th. Ah, oh, no wonder I'm exhausted. <laughs> Oh, you will have your little joke. But then, so does half London. But I... I, I understand you with your little peccadillos. Oh, how I, how I love their little snouts and scaly backs. Those are armadillos. Well, of course they're armadillos. We bred them, remember? Yes, John. That was the most painful thing you ever asked me to do. Still, we... we... <laughs> We laughed. Gosh, how we laughed when I plunged them into the boiling fat. <laughs> oh, John. Yes? Why do you have to be so cruel? Oh, I don't have to be. I just enjoy it. It's, it's purely voluntary. Let's not quarrel tonight of all nights. Let's bury the hatchet. Good idea. Well, where is your mother? <laughs> Once there was something big and strong between us. Something... Firm and comforting. Something a woman could grab hold of to turn to at night. Something that belonged only to you. What did happen to my teddy? Well, Bill, now Cleese has agreed to take part in the programme, we only need to sign up Tim Brooke Taylor. Who's he? Oh, come on. You must remember Timbo. Yes, yes, yes. Of course I do. Just my little joke. That's him. <laughs> Graham, Graham, Graham. I thought Tim had completely given up comedy. Oh, that's right, yes. You remember we did the goodies together for over ten years. That's right. You gave it up just before that. Yeah. <laughs> and now... Now he's retired to the anonymous little new town of Milton Sitcom. That's a funny name, isn't it? Mm, Milton Sitcom. Let's hope Sitcom. so. In fact... <laughs> in fact, there's his house right now. I say, let's go inside and surprise him. Right! Yes, well, I thought we'd get out the car first. No, 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 never mind. I can see him coming up the path right now. <laughs> Hello, darling, I'm home. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. Hello. Darling. 
Thank God, darling, what a day I've had at the office in the product testing department of the old rubber company. Yes, I thought you'd lost your boat. <laughs> I say, darling, that's stretching a point. <laughs> God, I'm looking forward to a quiet evening at home, unless you've accidentally invited the boss and his wife together with the ghastly family we met while on holiday. <laughs> well, yes, darling, I have. Oh, no. What'll I give them to eat? I haven't a thing in the house. You've got this car. Funny, I never noticed the car before. Hello, Tim. Oh, my God, it's the vicar. I mean, oh, my vicar, it's gone. No, 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 it's us. It's us, Tim. You remember. Look, look, it's us. You remember us, Graham Garden and me, Mr. Oddy. <laughs> oh, look, Tim, we have come to offer you a job. Let me tell you all about it. This is wonderful news about Tim. Oh, I'm so happy. That's a dream come true. No, 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 no. Tim said he would do it. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, you, you can't win them all. Oh, but here comes Bill with the recycled script. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Great, great. Right, put your clothes on, Bill, and let's have a look at this script. <laughs> okay, here it is. And now... Prune Playhouse proudly presents a documentary reconstruction of the dreadful series of crimes which terrorised the inhabitants of Victorian London and left them stunned. Oh, I am stunned. Our story begins in London, 1888. Queen Victoria was still on the throne. Oh, hurry up! It is the night of November the 13th, and the city is in the grip of a thick fog. Gotcha. Oh, oh my pineal gland In the dismal area of Whitechapel, the first of a series of victims makes her way homeward. It is Nellie Button, a lady of ill repute. Oh, I'm ever so poorly in my repute voice. In the sinister alleyway is Nellie Button, her clothes ragged and filthy, her hair unkempt, her face rattled and grimy, plies her trade. Want an horrible time, dearie. <laughs> but little did she know what fate had in store for behind her in the gloom, a menacing figure slipped out of the shadows. Then, as Nellie stooped to adjust her shoelace, hands reached out through the mist behind her, the hands of... Jack the Ripper! No, 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 get it right! Sorry already. Better. Just. Yes. The fiend had ripped the very bloomers from Nelly Button and dashed off into the night. Dash, 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 dash. And that night, Jack the Ripper struck again. Ooh. And again. Oh! And again. Or sure game. <laughs> Next morning, the news broke. <laughs> On the street corners, news vendors shouted the headline. The headline! In Parliament. <laughs> Questions were asked. Now, Mr. Disraeli, I want you to think very, very carefully about this one. Who is Jack the Ripper? And whilst you're at it, who the hell am I? Queen Victoria was not amused. We are not amused. Ooh, I don't know. 
The news reached Scotland Yard and sent the police reeling. The uh, police superintendent was informed by his faithful sergeant. It's Jack the Ripper again, sir. That's the fifth pair of bloomers he's got away with. This lad's a bit of a tearaway. Don't bother me now, sergeant. I have more important business. After all, this afternoon it's the Royal Garden Party. You've been invited, sir? No, but my garden helps. Oh. <laughs> We've got to stop him, sir. The people are losing patience and the knickers. It's up to us, superintendent. Oh, I suppose so, sergeant. We must go to Whitechapel this very night. He's bound to strike. Look at that... Pog, it's a real, a real... Pea super? Just had one, so... No. <laughs> Come on. Isn't that cab? That cab, sir? No, 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 this cab. What, what's wrong with this cab, sir? Oh, well, it's all right. <laughs> now, the white chap, aren't you going to come with me? <laughs> all right, sir. Ah, oh, the teeming nightlife of London's East End. The flower sellers, the urchins begging. What, what's that fellow over there? An organ grinder, sir. Better steer clear of him then, sir. <laughs> Their search took the gallant policemen through Whitechapel and into Limehouse, London's notorious Chinatown. <laughs> Limehouse, London's notorious Chinatown. All right, all right, all right. There's only one thing for it. We must seek help. I must go to number 221B, Acre Street. In his Baker Street rooms, they found Sherlock Holmes sitting on the fireplace. Ha-ha! The great detective! Bring... Bring me tea, bring crumpets, bring... bring... You rang, sir? This is my faithful companion, Dr. Watson, M.D., M.R.C.S., and Webb's Wonder. Webb's Wonder? Oh, yes! I've got lettuce after me name. Everyone a Maserati. (laughs) Watson had brought them all cups of tea. He crossed to a table and put the china down. Holmes bowed low. Jack the Ripper, he has strung again. No, he has struck again. That's much better. He has struck again. Is the might of London's police force powerless in the face of this dastardly scoundrel? Is there no end to this impudence, caramba? (laughs) Congratulations, that display of absolutely appalling acting wins tonight's Robert Hardy Award. superintendent returned to the yard where he was found by his secretary, Norma. You'll find the Ripper soon. 
Incidentally, why are you sitting there pinching Oscar Wilde's bottom? <laughs> I'm at my wit's end. Oh! Never mind, sir. I can help you look. So saying, she leant across his desk. No, don't move. Stay. Stay just as you are. For the first time I'm seeing you as a... as a woman. Before, I'd always seen you as two little bald men peeping out of a cell. Oh, take me in your arms and hold me. Mm. Here, watch it, mate. Here, watch it, mate. What, uh, who are you? We're two little bald-headed men. Little bald-headed men. Oh, oh, oh. Then I was right. And what are you two men doing in this good lady's brazier? We're up for the cock. Up for the cock. Get it. Oh. Get it. Norma, Norma, this can never be. Until I have caught Jack the River, I shall have no peace. Not even me? No, not even you, my little Norma with the laughing dentures. Which is why, which is why I've called in another investigator, the brilliant French or Belgian detective, Hercule Parrot. Who's a pretty boy? Aha! Hercule ex parrot. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Whitechapel, in the private bar of the old Goat and Terrapin, a meeting of London's underworld was in session. Right then, I call upon the General Secretary to call the roll of all members present with unusual and amusing names. <laughs> I, uh, I use amusing in the broadest possible sense. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Nee, and their Swedish son. Larsny. Oh. And his sister, Betty Larsny. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Sitting for immoral purposes. And their son, solely sitting for immoral purposes. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Attention. And their daughter, Karen. <laughs> Who has turned down my offer and left home so I shall be driving without you, Karen, attention. The boss addressed the assembly in Cockney rhyming slang. There's a blade of great renown terrorizing London tonight. They say that he's a gentleman or top. Man or top. This classic gentleman is a little stiffer if you're wearing them and surely wrap them off. Take them off. Certainly. That's totally irrelevant. Meanwhile, back at Scotland Yard. Superintendent, I've got a hunch. Oh, no, it's only us. Only us having a look round the back. Round the back. We're having a look round the back. No, no, no. We must trap the Ripper by setting up an irresistible challenge. You're right, but who or what could I use to bait my trap? Something monstrously tempting. Yes, yes, something so 
hideously voluptuous, so gigantically perverse, so monumentally, insatiably pink and wobbly, a steaming great jumbo-sized juggernaut of volcanic eroticism. You call, sir? Who are you? I am grimbling, but don't worry, I'll clear it up later. <laughs> I am the butler, sir. I believe you're looking for a steaming great jumbo-sized juggernaut of volcanic eroticism. Aren't you a little past it, old man? No, no, I'm a little dirty old man. Anyway, <laughs> I do know the very person you're looking for. You know this you? grotesque, elephantine, quivering lust pot that I seek? I do indeed, sir. Then who is it, Grimbling? Who is it? I ask you, who? Constance, how... Well, carry on, young whippersnapper. Nice to see you again. How, how long is it now? Let me see. <laughs> Thank you. Now, why did you send for me, Shorty? You have no doubt heard all about Jack the Ripper. No, I wasn't listening. Ah, a woman of taste. Yes, Raspberry Ripple is a matter of fact. Lady Constance, oh, Lady no, Constance, please sit down. Where? Oh, anywhere, or in your case, everywhere. And so I shall. And then in the ensuing chaos it happened. Lady Constance became the Ripper's latest victim. see it all. <laughs> Nobody move. Nobody has. The, the door is locked. Oh. That means one of us in this room is the Ripper. <gasps> Superintendent, what is your full name? I am Superintendent Jack D. Ripper of Scotland. Ah! <laughs> moment of BBC Radio was carefully recycled and for months, nobody noticed. But eventually... And now, listeners' letters. Dear Mandy, I sometimes get the impression that everything I hear on the wireless these days is a repeat. Am I right? No, you're not right. And now, listeners' letters. Dear Mandy, I sometimes get the impression that everything I hear on the wireless these days is a repeat. Am I right? No, you're not right. And now, listeners' letters. Dear Mandy, sometimes yes, I get the impression... all right, all right, I all right. Obviously, I had to call a meeting. One by one, the cast of I'm Sorry I Read That Again filed into my office. 
Right, that's me in. That's me, that's me. Yes, yes, yes. Don't you lot ever get tired of old jokes? No, 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 no. Well, obviously you're all pretty pleased with yourselves. Oh, we're pretty pleased. very well, but we've got a problem. We've recycled every bit of clapped-out old material that we've got. Sir, I haven't done my silly walk. Well, that's one thing to be grateful for. Or, or the ferrets on. Oh, oh, two things. things. Yes. David, you promised. Look, I am the Prince of Darkness. My promises mean nothing. <laughs> Besides, John, the silly walk is rotten radio. <laughs> said it was rotten radio. <laughs> well, John, let's face it, there is just a teeny-weeny possibility that it might not be quite so utterly, side-splittingly, rib-ticklingly hilarious in sound only. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, we, I'm sure we can all imagine what it looks like. After all, we've seen it often enough. <laughs> You're being horrid to me. No, 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 we're not, we're not. It's only a joke, only a joke. Don't take on so. Now, look, look, John, if you really want to do a silly walk, do it. Do you, do you really want to see it? Oh, oh yes, yes. yes. Oh, wait, yes. I'm really weeing myself with anticipation. <laughs> no, you, you're just saying that. No. Oh, no, 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 it really is true, really. All true. right, all right, all right. Um, I don't suppose there's any chance of an announcement, is mm. there? Yes, Tim. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first and last time on radio, pray silence, please, for Mr. John Cleese's world-famous silly walk. I haven't done it for a long time. Oh, brilliant. Oh, marvellous. Great. Oh, really worth waiting for. The no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I left a bit out. What, the funny bit? <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. I get it. You're laughing at me, aren't you? Why, why are you being so horrid to me? We're, we all used to be such chums. When? You used to encourage my feeble attempts to be funny. Remember, it was you lot who first introduced me to ferrets. I still got the tooth marks. <laughs> so are the ferrets. Nothing's changed. We're, we're all the same fun-loving zanny pranksters trying to brighten people's lives with a smile and a merry quip. It's just that I'm paid 20 million times as much as you. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's just, just because I'm 20 million times more talented. But that's, that's no reason to be beastly to me. Heavens, just, just because I'm mega rich and an international sex symbol doesn't mean I'm not human. If you touch me, do I not squeak? If you, if you prick me, do I not poke your eyes out? Don't, don't despise me, please. Don't disown me, please. And please, stop playing that bloody trombone, will you? Very well. I shall go back to my money. The only friend I've got. Oh, 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 oh
Has he gone? Good. Right. Now I can get on with destroying the world. Right, the first thing to do is fire you lot. No, not so fast, Hatch. I have just been perusing the government's plans for broadcasting in the 90s. All their knowledge and expertise is summed up in this white paper. But there's nothing on it. Exactly, that's why it's called a white paper. <laughs> Mind you, I can certainly think of a use for it. On the other hand... <laughs> but looked at differently... <laughs> It sums up perfectly the future of BBC Radio. It's going to be sold off to the highest bidder. <gasps> oh, if only we knew an eccentric old multi-millionaire with more money than sense. Even now, the pathetic old recluse was climbing back into his space shuttle, Ferret One, and opened the airlock and slipped through. <laughs> Robin welcomed him back and helped him into his latex rubber suit. Indeed. <laughs> Not at all, sir. Now shall I help you into your rubber suit? No, no. Not now, Robin. Now, you see, if, if I'm to be denied the artistic satisfaction of doing the ferret song, I have no alternative but to become the richest man in the world. Quick, Robin, let's do another business trading film. You be the customer, and I'll be the shop assistant. I shall call it How to Sell Things by John Cleese. Right. Uh, first, the wrong way. Uh, good morning. Please, may I buy something? No, push off, you boring little git. Now! <laughs> the right way. Good morning. Please, may I buy something? Yes! <laughs> Is that it? Yes, brilliant. That'll be a half a million pounds, please. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on Earth, in the showrooms of auctioneers' crusties. The next lot is BBC Radio. Included in this lot is the managing director, and I believe we're also throwing in the board of governors. What's going on? Apparently, we've been sold. Always been sold. Radios 1 and 2 sold to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. What? Murdoch? Oh, brilliant! Good eye, cobbles. Yes! Oh, yes! And radios three and four sold to Mr. Robert Maxwell. Who? Maxwell. What? Maxwell? Oh, fantastic! We favour it! You're the funny one! Oh, he's doing it! Look at that! Marvellous! Oh, Brilliant, yeah. Better than that loony Basil Towers. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Funny walk, bad Australian accents, 
Cleese. Yes, what do you want? Oh, what a giveaway. <laughs> you bought BBC Radio. Well, you gave me no alternative. The BBC will become Broadcasting by Cleese. One station playing 24 hours of highbrow music, namely the Ferret Song. Hold it. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you can let go now. Now, John. You can't just launch into the... What was it? The ferret song. You might wake up the audience. You're trying to stop me again. No, 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 but John, something as lovely as the, um... Sorry. The ferret song. The ferret song. The ferret, that's it. The ferret song needs a proper setting. Oh, that's it, yes. It should be the grand climax of a, of a musical. The hit song. You sing it. And we hit you. Oh, I see what you mean. Something like... Ferret of the Opera. No. Seven brides for seven ferrets? No. no. Aspects of ferrets? No. Okay, Oakley ferret? No. Brigger ferret? No. And a bottle? No, all right. Crocodile Dundee, that's it. Ferret Dunclees? No. no. Well, you, you could do lots of Australian jokes. Oh, yes. Yes, late arrivals at the barbecue. Right, you're on. You're on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, please. And please feel free to join in at the end. Mr. and Mrs. Bong and their son, Bill. Bong. Mr. and Mrs. Zing Matilda and their cousin, Walt Zing Matilda. Mr. and Mrs. Jing Pom and their granny, Win Jing Pom. You're catching on, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. and Mrs. Abara and their cook, Abara. Quicker, please. We haven't got all yet. Mr. and Mrs. The Platypus and the Duck. Bill Platypus. That's better, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. and Mrs. Reef and their terrific brother, Great Barrier Mr. and Mrs. Rise Up in the Morning and their son. And not forgetting Mr. and Mrs. Kangaroo Downspot. And their cousin, Heidi! At last, the oh, cultural experience of the hour, nay, the week, nay, the century, nay, the very pinnacle of the entire history of the universe, the Philip Now, John, song. John, 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 what? John. Dear old thing, just before you do anything embarrassing. <laughs> Are you absolutely certain about this ferret business? Certain. I mean, you are a sex symbol to millions of American women. True. And, I mean, call me old-fashioned if you like, but I don't think going eek is terribly erotic. Well, I do. Yes, but you're weird. <laughs> put it this way, it's not plausible. I mean, do, you, do you really think Jamie Lee Curtis would have been so turned on by your squeaking? I mean, you try the Russian, nothing. The Italian, nothing. Sniff the armpits, nothing. Underpants on the head, nothing. But you go, and it's take me, big boy. I mean, <laughs> we shall see. I've got a ferret sticking up my nose. Oh, 
had what is more it radically affects my sense of smell his sense of smell I've got a ferret sticking up my nose it pokes its head out every time he Tolerated for a while, although it's absolutely vile. It's not as bad as last week when I had a crocodile. A crocodile. I can see a special 25th anniversary edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. The voices you heard were Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bilotti. The script was by Graham Garden Bilotti with Joe Kendall and Lizzie Lord. The music was played by Dave Lee and the boys and the songs were by Bilotti and John Cleese. And the producer was Richard Wilcox. Why not join us again in 25 years' time? <laughs> when, when John Otto Cleese promises not to say I'm sorry, I'll read that again. <laughs> How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.